It's Thursday, December 15th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, the original elf on the shelf, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, and it is Thursday, week 15, and we've got a busy two hours ahead on two different programs, starting on Happy Hour. It's analyst Jeff Lagerman coming up. We'll get his thoughts, uh, final thoughts on last week's win in Nashville and the first thoughts looking ahead to the Dallas Cowboys this week. And yes, those are both meaningful December games. That was one of the goals for the organization. They are uh, in that department right now. And certainly meaningful for both teams chasing division rivals down the stretch of the season. We'll hear from the head coach coming up at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show. Uh, Doug will uh, step in and we'll get his thoughts on the Cowboys-Jaguars matchup. And Chris Manhurts, Jaguars tight end, will join us. At around 5.15 or 5.20 or so, we'll get his uh, thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys and the season so far for the Jaguars. Let's start with the head coach today, though, or actually yesterday. The quarterback playing well and the communication between the two growing as the season continues. But I I do feel like he is uh, really, I guess, understanding kind of what we're trying to get done as an offense. And, And so... If you think the same, that, that definitely helps. And, and and really, you call a play, and um, it may not be the best play at the time, but but you ask your quarterback to, to kind of bail you out, and, and he's been able to do that. And, and um, you know, it's just the complimentary aspect of it. Now to Trevor Lawrence, Jags quarterback yesterday. Of course, the AFC Offensive Player of the Week after his performance in Nashville a week ago. Three touchdown passes, one running, and a career high in yardage. But it was the first and goal interception in London that shook something loose in the signal caller. I think at that point, I remember, I'll never forget how I felt in that locker room after the game. You know, obviously it wasn't a good day for me. and I really just felt like really – it felt like that a couple times, but none more than after that game. Really felt like I let the, the team down. You know, should have won that game. Um, I think we had lost four. That was our fifth one in a row. So I was just. I remember. I never forgot how I felt in that locker room. Was I don't want to feel like this anymore. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna one start taking care of the ball, but two, I just want to be the player that I know I can be. And I think that kind of flipped a switch in me. And obvi- and, and honestly, too, I think uh, I have a little bit more of a chip on my shoulder now. Just because you know, last year and a half, I don't, I don't really forget what what's been said and um, what people have written. And now, you know, you see people change their mind after a couple weeks. And uh, but I, but I, but I remember everything, you know. And I don't use that necessarily as my only fuel, but definitely use that. And I think that's something this team's done. You know, we kind of remember how what people were saying when we lost five in a row, and then we've won some big games now, and um, people kind of change their mind quick. So we just have that same mentality. Um, we just out, we want to prove you know how good we can be every week, and uh, I think that's been the cool thing about this team. That's the quarterback keeping receipts from about a month and a half ago, of course. And now to the defense, outside linebacker Josh Allen picked up a fumble last week, one of four takeaways for the defense in Nashville. They certainly could use a few this week against the Cowboys. That's what we pride ourselves on this defense, man, is to get the ball. Uh, but it's going to take all 11, and that was the, that was you know the the core the core message to the defense, man. We all have to play all 11, especially this game. And this is another opportunity that we can have a game like this. Uh, they you know the Cowboys are a really good team, front end and back end. So we all have to be locked in. Communication is going to be key, and we all got to get to that ball. 
Uh, we got to stop the run, and then we got to rush the passer. So uh, we're excited about this matchup. Uh, again, this is another handle business. Then you get to where you need to get closer to where you need to be. So uh, we know we're going to have a big challenge, and we're excited for it. A few highlights from press conferences and locker room this week and all the rest available on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media from uh, the locker room availabilities. Foye Luakon spoke this week, uh, caught up with a few other guys in the locker room, and uh, you can catch those each and every week. Jeff Logman joining us now here on set at the uh, Jaguars Radio Network studios, getting ready for week 15. The Dallas Cowboys coming into Jacksonville for the first time since 2006, the last Home game for the Jags against the Cowboys was at Wembley in London. That one didn't go so well. Hmm. So, um, hey, here they come. The, the Cowboys are 10-3. and three. They're in second place in the NFC East. The Jaguars are, what, 5-8 and eight and second place in the AFC South. Both chasing the division leaders down the stretch. Meaningful December football indeed. Lots. Yeah, their chase is a little bit uh, better off than the Jaguars because they can clinch a playoff spot with a victory against the Jaguars here. I think this is going to be one of the most electric vi- environments that we've seen here in a long time. Maybe going all the way back to 2018, the New England Patriots game, and we thought the Jaguars team was going to be just as good in 2018 as they were in 2017. Didn't quite turn out that way, yeah. but uh, was a great environment against the Patriots that day. Sure was. And this place is going to be packed. Uh, the last, I think, seats that are available are standing room only. Yeah, they're selling those right now. So, And you better get them quick if you want one because I can tell you there's not many left. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to be here early. Planning on being here late, and I hope it's a, a fantastic football game that comes down to the end tight, and the Jaguars find a way to get the victory. Well, I mean, Cowboys the, aren't unbeatable now. No, 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 they certainly are not. They're good. They're very good. This is probably the the second most well-rounded team that the Jaguars will face this year, and if the Eagles are number one. I mean, the Eagles are just tremendous. Kansas City's good, too. But, man, uh, the Eagles are just built to the hilt and just uh, they've added to what they had since the Jaguars faced them. And this football team here in Dallas is not perfect, but they're well-rounded. They've got uh, good offense. They've got a good defense. But if they can find a way to sneak a few takeaways like they did in Tennessee, hold on. We'll uh, do a Dallas deep dive coming up in just a few minutes and get to both sides of the ball for the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, the the comments from the quarterback there, you just heard uh, about that turning point from London, the first and goal interception into the – well, didn't even get in the end zone. At the goal line, it was intercepted. He collected Uh, a receipt from me on that one, JP. Well, I mean, but – well, he weren't (laughs) the only one, I don't think. Uh, But – Hey, there were a lot of people. There were actually calls after some of those games to sit him down from fans no. post game and all that. And I think that's probably what he's referring to. And, and analysts, I'm sure, nationally were kind of on him. Um, no, I didn't say that. No, I, no, no, I, no, no. I didn't. No. I'm, I'm no. Aware, JP, yes. you did, but I, I didn't. Certainly say that. did not say that. By the way, I was defending him in the post game. I show, don't remember that. Well, we'll roll the tape. Either way, <laughs> uh, the ne- the next month and I'm going to tell Trevor. Plus, you, did. you can do whatever you want. I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, so, quarterback play though, he's turned it around, and here he is. Um, and then last week throws for a career high, they surgical. Were, he was. I think you said it during the game. He's owning the field yeah, in Nashville. He, I, I, 
I just remember, you know, me and my dad kind of check in after every game, and and sometimes he sees the game, sometimes he's not able to see it. And then he said, uh, "Great win," and I, I he didn't get a chance to see it, so I just texted him and I said, uh, "Quarterback was amazing. He was in total command, total control. He was athletic. He was accurate. He was uh, 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 incredibly good." And what was most impressive to me was how he was in control of the offense as far as getting people lined up. There was a couple instances in that game where all of a sudden somebody started going the wrong way, and he recognized it immediately and immediately starts to correct it, but it corrects it to the point where a lot of quarterbacks see it a little bit late, and then by the time they get everything squared away, the clock, the play clock is ticking down, and then they're kind of at risk of, of a delay of game. But he was just on it so quickly that it never became a factor the couple of times that it happened. And then how he reacted under pressure to where his eyes never drop, which is something that's, I think, truly a special gift. The accuracy, the command, uh, the, 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 some of the balls that were incomplete were his best throws. Yeah, right. The, the, the one deep pass. Oh, come on. To Zay. I mean, he's, he's running to his left and launches this ball for, what was it, like 45 yards? Yep. Launches this ball, and then when you freeze frame it, the, and for those that are watching on social media, Zay's got his right arm pinned down a little bit from the defensive back. The ball hits him literally right perfectly in the left hand. Where it, it, I mean, you can't – I could not have walked up there with the ball – and placed it any better. And this guy did it running to his left and launching a 50-yard ball. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. There's another one where he's um, you know, in the pocket, has to shift left and right, and there's guys in his face, and then he throws the back shoulder down to, the to left Agnew. side to Agnew. Yeah, to Agnew. Unbelievable. Great and athletic. Um, and you know what? You also have to give credit to the coaching staff. There were multiple plays that were designed really well. You know, I go to the touchdown pass to Evan Ingram. We did that play with Jim Bob Cooter, the passing game coordinator this week, which will be on on different broadcast channels, TV shows, social media, Jaguars.com. And we call I call that play the picket fence play because you have Evan Ingram on the left side and then you have three wide receivers on the right with Marvin, Zay, and Christian. And they're crossing the field. And all they're doing is essentially trying to create – a, a traffic situation so that the guy who has man coverage on Evan Ingram, which is Kevin Byard, the safety pro bowler, by the way, is trying to keep up with Evan. And Ev, Evan runs a shallow crosser. By the time he pops out on the other side of this picket fence, it's nothing but green. And that's just great play design because the coaches design a play that they know what coverage they're probably going to get. They get exactly what they want. Evan Ingram walks into the touch in for the touchdown uncontested. And then the, uh, the long play to Christian Kirk before uh, halftime, two-minute drill, big chunk play, great route design, great play design because you're attacking a level on the left side and Zay runs the corner off and then Christian kind of fools the safety and then bends it back into that area that Zay cleared out and essentially created a three-level zone, which it was supposed to, you know, it's two levels on the defense, but because you ran off corner off, now you actually open up another zone that they can't cover, and because Christian fools the safety and they make the the outside shallow out 
guy bite up on a flare pass from Travis Etienne, you know, you got a wide open Christian Kirk for a chunk play. And then there was another play, JP, not to be long winded. It was a little tight end screen play, and Juwan Taylor picks off Kevin Byard. And Evan initially starts to block the outside edge rusher and then rides him. And then Kevin Byard thinks that he's staying in the block. So Byard starts to come like a blitzer. It's what we call a hug up blitz. And when he starts to come, Juwan picks him off. And then Ingram lets the outside edge guy go, just turn, Trevor delivers him the ball, and it's like a 20-something yard gain on what was a pass from me to you. I mean, it's just, it's just so fun to watch an offense that has so many plays that are designed exactly for guys, and they work. I mean, just we haven't seen that around here very often, yeah. and it's – and it's fun to watch, and when you have a quarterback executing at an extremely high level within that, it's uh, you get what you got in Tennessee, and that was something that was special. We've got plenty to discuss, obviously, about the uh, Jags last week and then moving ahead to the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to the defensive performance last week, and we'll see if the takeaways can carry over, and then we'll get deep into the Dallas Cowboys. 10-3 and three record. The Well, the America's team is coming to town. And that means the Jaguars are coming back home to host the Dallas Cowboys. How about that? This will soon be America's team logs, the Jaguars. I'm all, I, the one thing I will tell you, there's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans here. Yep. There's going to be a lot of Jaguar fans here, too. And it's going to be uh, an incredible environment. And I think the one thing that you got to, if you're playing and you've got a young team, you want to make sure that your team is not in awe of the star. Another team. It's just what it is, another it's another team. team. But I'm, but I'm just here to tell you now. You got to make sure that you prepare for that because I mean, I remember the first time that I played against the Dallas Cowboys. It's a little different. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Star Credit Union. Do good, bank better, and welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. Thursday, week 15. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We'll hear from the head coach, Doug Peterson, coming up at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network. And Chris Manhurts, Jaguars tight end, will join us in studio as well in the second hour this evening. So, uh, Jaguars defense last week, yeah, they're giving up some yardage, right? First half, here goes Derrick Henry. He's over 100. He had 98 yards or something, 96 in the first quarter. Uh Uh-oh, it's going to be one of those days today. And then, just before halftime, they're in Jags territory. It could be oh boy, an eight-point game maybe at halftime if they score a touchdown and and you know Jags get the ball back. Mm-hmm. But then Shaq Quarterman, I'd be curious if if uh, Derrick Henry would even admit it. Um, but it, it's got to be one of the hardest hits Derrick's ever taken in the NFL. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, typically Derrick doesn't get hit that hard just because he makes guys miss and he makes subtle moves. But that's right. And then that turned the whole thing because the Jags get the fumble, they drive the two right. minutes. 
take the lead, never look back. Well, I'm part of the reason you can get a hit like that is, is when Derrick Henry is on the Jaguar sideline, he's trying to fight extra yards, and he's spinning back to the inside, and when a running back takes his eyes off of everything and cuts back against the grain, that's when he can get walloped. And Shaq delivered a great hit, and the ball literally just falls right into the hands of Josh Allen. I mean, you couldn't have had the ball fall any better than that. And that was a nice play, and it was obviously the third takeaway the first half, and it gave you the lead. And then with that, it put Tennessee in a situation that they're not very good at, which is playing from behind. Uh, You knew going into the ball game that you wanted the the Jaguars, at least we were talking about this, wanting the Jaguars to get out to an early lead because the Titans aren't accustomed to having to throw the ball. And they have Ryan Tannehill, who's had great success against the Jaguars. But this year's different. You have two tackles in Tennessee that are not very good. Uh, they have a guard that weighs 274 pounds, which is as much as you, JP. That's not true. And That's inaccurate. Okay. It's literally and, inaccurate. And, and you would expect that some of the defensive linemen would get after him. And Roy Robertson-Harris got after him. And so did uh, Arden Key. So so that's exactly what you want to get a lead, put them in a situation of where they don't do what they do best. And that's pass block. Worked out perfectly. You don't think you're what? Trying way? to say I'm a I'm not a guard. No. I'm you're not, a guard. No. No, no, no. no you're kind I'm, of a guard. I'm in great shape. JP, right if now. I was building a football team with our broadcast department, I would have you a guard. That would be a lineman. Is that what you're saying? No, that's incorrect. I would have you a guard. I, I've actually done well lately. I'm down, man. I don't I'm think you, well, you don't quite have the feet to play tackle. That's true. You know, so I'm thinking guard, you know, you're a brawl mauler, brawler type, you know. You know. And you got the look of a guard, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, I mean, not saying anything bad, but, you know, you just. Yeah, you're you know. saying a lot bad right now. Actually. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You're digging a hole. <laughs> you are digging. Just go ahead. Keep digging. I'll remember. That's fine. Whatever. It's all wrong. That's Jeff Lagerman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Now, let's move along to the Dallas Cowboys and the Jaguars uh, defensive matchup this week against a Cowboys offense that can run the football, mm-hmm. but. Two different style running backs. Pollard's kind of come on lately. Obviously, this year he stepped up, uh, and they run the ball. Seventh best rushing offense in the NFL. Zeke Elliott has been there. Obviously, the standby big powerful guy that can uh, run you over and do all that kind of stuff. They've got a big play guy in C.D. Lamb on the outside. And, um, hey, they're, they're doing it a few different ways with Dak Prescott, play action, um, it's not the most explosive Cowboys team of all time, obviously, no. but they can still do some damage. No, and those two backs with the numbers that we have up on, on our screen there, that's, that's really the powerhouse part of their offense. And Zeke Elliott has been a good football player for, for quite a few years, and he's more of a power back now. And when I say power back, you, you watch the film and guys bounce off of him often. And Tony Pollard is more of the dynamic, big play, does some things that are really special. And Zeke Elliott used to have some of that, but it's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit, but still incredibly dependable. And those two guys, I think, are a really good combination of running backs. And right now they're kind of taking the pressure off, or at least they're trying to allow them to take the pressure off of Dak Prescott, who had – a thumb injury and missed weeks two through six 
earlier in the season. A lot of people may forget about that or have forgotten about that. But he had a thumb issue, and the thumb issue obviously doesn't allow him to be, I think, the Dak Prescott that we've seen in the past. I mean, look at the numbers. It's kind of hard to argue. I mean, he's throwing some picks this year. Yeah, his touchdown and turnover uh, interception ratio is definitely not what it's been in the past. Usually Dak Prescott is really good at protecting the football. But lately he has had some issues, and you hope that uh, you can end up kind of getting after it a little bit. But the reality is is that here's a number that will, I don't want to say surprise you, but even though those numbers are there, the interceptions – since Dak Prescott returned to the lineup, that was week seven, right? So two through six, he was out. The Cowboys lead the NFL scoring 35.7 points per game. Wow. So even though he hasn't been his best, he's got interceptions, those two running backs are really helping. And they have another issue, though, this week. They've got some offensive line question marks. They lost their – really good right tackle, and now they're going to shuffle some guys around. Could Tyron Smith be back in the lineup at left tackle to allow their rookie Tyler Smith to move in to left guard? Will Jason Peters start at right tackle? A lot of questions, and we may not know the answers until until Sunday. Until they roll the ball out on uh, kickoff time and, and see what happens when they uh, run out there. But that's, but that's the area that you've – I think you really got to take advantage of trenches. The trenches. I mean that 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 trench battle because there. Look, I know that Tyron Smith has been to eight Pro Bowls. Okay, I understand that Jason Peters has been to nine Pro Bowls. Okay, Zach Martin's been to seven Pro Bowls. That's a lot of Pro Bowls. It's a lot of Pro Bowls with just three guys. Okay, I get it. But when you got a guy coming off of IR playing for the first time this season, when you have an eight-time Pro Bowl tackle that's playing right tackle for the first time. He did last week a couple series, but then really for the first time since 2005. And then when you have a first-round pick tackle that now moves back in the guard, how good can they be? And so I think you have to – you really have to win that battle to be able to beat the Cowboys this week. Well, uh, we'll come back in a moment. We'll get to the Cowboys' defense. That's a group that can really get after it now. They got they got edge. I mean, edge guys of plenty. It uh, and arguably, arguably the best defender in the league in Micah Parsons. This guy in his second year is just lights out. We'll dig deep on that coming up. There's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Enjoy the best live music around with access to the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and much more. Reserve your spot for the 2023 season now. For more, email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. Great shows being lined up starting in March at Daly's Place. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour and PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and learn more 
It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We'll get to the injury report coming up in just a little bit. It has been announced today. Uh, but this uh, Cowboys defense, we'll hear um, coming up at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show, of course. The uh, Jaguars head coach joins us at the top of the hour. And then we'll hear from Chris Manhurts as well. He'll join us in studio. Jaguars tied in and get his thoughts on the season so far and the Cowboys defense. So, uh, about this Cowboys defense, Logs, they are second in the league in sacks. They take the ball away a good bit. They have star power really on every level. And this group is getting it done this year. This uh, is a challenge. Really good. And, uh, you know, look, it's top five defense in yards. You, know, you talked about the takeaways, second in the league in takeaways, second in the league in sacks, second in the league against the pass, third in the league in points allowed. I mean, this is an upper echelon defense that's led by the former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn, who is one of those Gus Bradley, he was the Pete next, Carroll yeah. defensive guys and – and at some point, Dan Quinn's going to get another opportunity to be a head coach in this league because he's had he had a good run there in Atlanta. But he's got these guys playing well, and one of the reasons that they play well is they've got some some top end players that can play for this defense. And it starts, I think, with Micah Parsons, who is a coach's dream. It's interesting in that you know his rookie year after when he came out of Penn State, they played him at linebacker, they played him at edge. And this year they're almost playing him exclusively as an edge player because he can have more of an impact on a play-by-play basis by being an edge player as opposed to being a, a Mike or a Will or a Sam linebacker. Five yards off the ball. Right. And, yeah. and he's got such a knack for balance that when you watch the film on him, the guy is always, always in control with power which that's rare. Some guys have to get in the right position to have power, and he has just natural power that's a, and great uh, bend, and he's got great hands. There's nothing he doesn't do. He's got a great motor. I mean, he is, he is everything you want to have in, in a defensive player. I mean, him and Aaron Donald, I think, are the real freaks of this league. Chris Jones – I mean, those three guys, I mean, can you think of anybody else that would be up in that category of can, that can absolutely dominate a game? Take it over like that? I mean, those are – there's a handful. Are they not, I mean, T.J. Watt, but not like – T.J. doesn't do it play after play. Look, great player. Yeah. Okay, great player. But this guy can affect the game every play, every play. And the crazy part is, is that, look, they got – Marcus Lawrence on the other side. So they got other guys too. Who is really good. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, by the way, when they want to roll in the next wave of guys, they've got this rookie Sam Williams, who is one of their best pass rushers, and he has the highest pass rush grade of any rookie in the league. Okay, of all the rookie pass rushers, okay, their rookie, who was their second round pick out of Mississippi, he's got the highest success pass rush rate that there is in the league and then Dante Fowler is a guy just a rotational guy and uh, so I mean they've got players that can play the the one weakness that they have if there really is one is that in the interior the defensive tackles are not great and then they're kind of just I don't want to say they're guys but they're you know compared to the rest of this defense they're they're not as good and that corner you've got Trevon, Trayvon, how do you pronounce Trayvon it? Diggs. Trayvon? Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon. Yes. Okay, I want to make sure I pronounce that right. Trayvon Diggs, who last year had 11 interceptions. I mean, that's, 
That's a crazy number. So like three short of the league record for a single season. Eleven right? in one year. Night Train Lane had fourteen, <laughs> I think. That's the record. Eleven interceptions, sixteen career. I mean, this guy's tremendous, and they they wrote I read somewhere that he hasn't had an interception in six games. Who else gets that written about that? Yeah, right. Yeah, he's off his game. He hasn't had one. He hasn't in half had an interception in six yeah. games. I mean, that's like headlines, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how good this guy is. And uh, so, if you're Trevor Lawrence, who's been a doing a great job in the last five games, hasn't had an interception, you gotta gotta watch out for him. The safety end, they've got I think a couple really good players. Malik Hooker, who you was a former number one pick for the Indianapolis Colts, and he actually tore his knee against the Jaguars. Couple years ago, he is a good player. He's got lots of speed, great middle kind of center fielder. And then Donovan Wilson is a more around the line of scrimmage type of safety. He's a good player as well. Uh, they've got a good rookie corner and Deron Bland, who was a fifth round pick out of Fresno State. Great pickup for the Cowboys. He's actually got, uh, I think, uh, three interceptions on the season. One of the highest rated rookie corners in the league. So. They've got a they've got a very good defense to go with a very good offense. Probably one of the most, like I said earlier, one of the most balanced teams that there is in the National Football League. And special teams are solid as well. So yeah. By I the mean, way, they they have three defensive scores on the year. Three, three. They have three fumble returns for touchdowns on the season. And here's a number for you. Okay, the Dallas Cowboys this year have scored 80 points off of 23 takeaways. 80 points off 23 takeaways. Let's compare that to the Jaguars, which the Jaguars have been outstanding as well, right, in the takeaway category. Early in the season they were. But have done a pretty good job, right? The Jaguars have scored 77 points off of 20 takeaways. So the Jaguars are doing a good job in that category as well, but the Dallas Cowboys are scoring on defense themselves. Yeah. That, uh, that that changes the game for sure. <clears throat> All right, so Logs, uh, attacking this Cowboys defense now. Uh, you don't want to get in third and long, right, against this group with the pass rush they have and what they've proven to be able to do so far. So is this the week the running game gets a little more involved and, and maybe they go to it um, and stick with it for a I, while? I hope so. And the reason I say I hope so, because you, you really need to have balance this week. If you get in a situation where – you're in second and six plus, seven plus, third down and five plus, you're you're gonna be in trouble. And when I when I say that, look, you got away with it the last couple of weeks not having a real strong rushing attack. ETN over the last three weeks hasn't been great, right? Uh if you pull the numbers up, I don't know exactly what he's had over the last three weeks, but they've been kinda I don't want to say pedestrian, but that's probably the case. I mean, part of it, he hasn't gotten a lot of touches. Part of it is that the running game hasn't been very successful. And going to Tennessee, we felt good about the team's ability to throw the football and to not have to have a running game. It would be nice to have a running game. This week, I think you almost have to have a running game to go along with Trevor Lawrence to have success as an offense just because Dallas is that good across the board as a defense. you got to find a way to take some pressure off of Trevor against a really good defense. I'm not saying that Trevor can't, can't do it. I'm just saying to give yourself the best chance, you got to get that run game going. 
So uh, at Kansas City, of course, they were behind in that game. 11 carries, 45 yards for ETN in that one. Baltimore, he was dinged up. So two carries, three yards, didn't finish the game. Uh, at Detroit, 13 carries, 54 yards. And then at Tennessee, 17 for 32 yards. That's yeah. ETN. Yeah, you got you to be, be better than those numbers. And I'm not saying that he's got to have 100 yards. He's just got to have – he's got to have an effect on the game. And if, if he doesn't have an effect on the game, it's going to make it more difficult. And, you know, the, the other thing I will say, you know, we've seen kind of week to week when the Jaguars have had passing success, you've seen Zay Jones have a big game, okay? And then it's Evan Ingram's turn, right, when you go back and look at the last couple wins, okay? Baltimore was uh, Zay. And then against this past week against the Titans, you had Evan Ingram. You go back uh, against Detroit, it was Christian, that had the big game. So, like, every week kind of everybody's taking turns. In a game like, like this against the Cowboys where they're good across the board and they have a well-rounded football team, I'm not saying everybody has to have a big game, but you got to have more than just one guy having a, a big game. you got to have two or three guys that are playing well. Let's take a look now at the entry report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The PR department has put out the official injury report after Thursday's practice. Andre Sisco has been full both days, Wednesday and Thursday. Positive. That's good news for the safety. Been a lot of changes back there in the in the back of the secondary too. Well, and way. you know, fortunately, the Jaguars have had Andrew Wingard, who you know he has he has played outstanding football and so give him credit because this defense has not missed a beat with him in in the starting lineup with Cisco out and look you'd like to have everybody available because then that allows them to play some three safety sets and then also allows Wingard to have a really solid impact on special teams but credit to Wingard. Wingard on the report this week with the shoulder issue limited both days Wednesday and Thursday. We'll yeah see. and you could tell that he uh, he made that one hit early in the ball game and was real slow to get up and comes back in the ball game and then he made some tackles later in the game was was wincing a little bit you know but those you know those type of players what uh willing to suck it up and can suck it up that's what it that's what it the job description requires staying in the second stay in the secondary cornerback Darius Williams an abdomen issue did not practice yesterday limited today that's a step in the right direction all right well, see that's what good. happens with him good. linebacker and, and, Chad Muma with an ankle issue limited both days we'll see what happens tomorrow with him uh let's see offensive lineman Brandon Sheriff an abdomen issue did not practice yesterday limited today Trevor Lawrence the toe issue did not practice Wednesday limited on Thursday and then Trayvon Walker with the ankle issue has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. That doesn't look good, right? No. Yeah. So there you have it. That's the Jaguar side of it. The Cowboys have a couple defensive ends on the list, limited both days for Dorrance Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence. And uh, Dante Fowler, uh, non-injury issue, did not practice today. Uh, safety, Jaron Curse uh, with a shoulder and back issue, limited both days. Jake Ferguson, tight end with a concussion, is not practiced. Yeah, he's probably not going to make it. There, there's going to be a few guys that are not going to make it from on both teams, you know. Just have to kind of see how it works out. But for the most part, this Jaguars football team remains incredibly healthy. You look at the number of games that have been missed by the, the starters, and when I'm talking about starters going all the way back to opening day, there's not very, been very many at all, you know. Knock on wood. As long as they can stay healthy, you got a chance. And 
you know, Trayvon Walker being out of the lineup this week, I mean, that's not going to help. But uh, the reality is, is that the guys that have been rotating in there, Dewan Smoot, Arden Key, they have been doing a very good job. Uh, they're probably playing just as effective. But the one thing you'll miss with Trayvon Walker is that physical presence. I just think of the tackle that he made on Oconquo in the flat. Yeah. And it was oh, yeah. just like he was ragdolling the guy. Right. And uh, makes the sack cause fumble and how physical he is when he hits people. I, mean, I think that's the one thing that's really special about Trayvon Walker is the physicality that he plays the game with, I think, is second to none. You mentioned the uh, number of players. The Jaguars still have the fewest number of players used in games this season in the NFL. Only 58 players have touched the field for the Jaguars. And as a comparison, the Titans have used the most in the league with 80 this year. So, there you go. That's good news. Yeah, that's a, that's a much, that's a much uh, uh, kind of a wide gap there between the Jaguars and the Titans. And, you know, you just wonder how long, you know, when you, when you have that many injuries and that kind of, of players that are unavailable for a, a team that's leading the division, can they hang on? That's right. Here come the Jags. I, I just hope that, you know, you, you get this game and then all of a sudden you, you, you keep looking towards that game, that last game of the year, and you go, man, how cool would it be going into that game at this place against your rival with the playoffs and the division title on the line. And I know that's looking way ahead and jumping ahead and that there's a lot. But you know what, JP, we're allowed to do that. That's what we're doing here. We're allowed to do that. Coaches and players are not. We better get it in now because the Doug Peterson show next. They won't (laughs) be able to do that, Doug and Chris Manhurts. Yeah, they won't be able to do that, but they shouldn't do that. No. But I think at the same token, you have to have that carrot dangling in front of you to give you purpose, to give you the drive, to give you the the focus and concentration. And I think that that's okay. But you don't have to sit there and talk about it and, and be living in that moment four or five weeks down the road. But there's nothing wrong with living in the moment and realizing what's ahead. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back in a moment with our final thoughts, and then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach and Jags tight end, Chris Manhurts will join us in studio. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Thursday. It's week 15. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logman. The Jaguars host the Dallas Cowboys Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. And if you're watching on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, it's a live look just outside of the bank where the Miller Electric Center is under construction. Well, it's moving right along, man. That's looking nice. The sun is setting. It was a rainy day, a lot of the day today. Jeff, you carried an umbrella to practice somehow. I don't know That's why. Right. I mean, it was it was not even barely sprinkling. I don't want to melt. Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta you are you are on TV later, I guess. But I mean, it wasn't even raining. No, it was sprinkling. No, it was not. Like yeah, it literally it was, was sprinkling. No, no, that it means was, it was not raining. 
It rained a little bit, you know, JP. Sprinkling. I, you know, I don't like to melt, so I figured that I would carry an umbrella a, out there because I can. I thought you were a tough defensive lineman. Well, I'm, doesn't mean it's you're football not, practice. Doesn't mean you're not tough. What's wrong with that? Eh, kind of, kind of does a little bit, but that's I, okay. I did, I did get kind of called got, out. You got heckled. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah. I, did. I mean, that's what happens when you carry an umbrella to I practice. Yeah. It was, uh, it was very quick. I mean, literally, as soon as I got out there with the umbrella, some I started. Somebody started yelling. I'm like, what, what, "Who's yelling?" And George, I won't, I won't call it. A, oh, you just did. Okay. George, the equipment guy, is like, "No, no, 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 that's not allowed." I'm like, what do you mean it's not allowed? It's yeah, raining. What are you doing? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Country superstar Kenny Chesney is coming to Jacksonville April 14th. Tickets on sale now, and don't miss the I Go Back tour with special guest Kelsey Ballerini. That's at Daly's Place for tickets and more. Ooh, that's a good one. Visit Daly'sPlace.com. That's a good one. That should be a good one, yeah. Really good one. That's April 14th? April, that's what it says. Who do I call to get tickets? You can go to Daly'sPlace.com. All right, I'm going to do that because that's a, that's a good concert. Never seen Chesney before. I haven't either. I heard he puts on a great show. And, that's what I heard, uh, too. Kelsey Ballerini, I think yeah. I've heard, is excellent. I haven't seen her or had anything of her music playing on my Spotify, but I heard she's good. It, it'll be one of the most intimate venues that Chesney plays, I can tell you that. It's about 5,500 yeah, he seats. He's a, he's a stadium arena guy. stadium guy. Yeah, yeah that's stadium right. Stadium guy. So Yeah, looking forward to that. Check that out. All right, uh, Cowboys-Jaguars coming up week 15, meaningful December game. Jaguars, uh, you know, are starting to play better football over the last month, month and a half and finish some games, and the quarterback's playing well. The defense is back to taking the ball away. At least last week they were. That's good news. But the Cowboys are right there. As you said earlier, you, you feel that hey, they're, they're probably the second most well-rounded team the Jaguars have faced this year. Mm-hmm. They're 10-3 and three for a reason because they've got playmakers all over both sides. Yeah, and their their strong point for years was always their offensive line. And they had what three years they drafted first round linemen oh. in a row or something. Remember that? Well, I mean they had Pro Bowl guy after Pro Bowl guy along along the offensive line, and that was really the strength of their football team with a young quarterback and and Dak Prescott, and then Ezekiel Elliott was you know the best back in the league I think early on, but that, that's changed a little bit there, and they. They've spent some draft capital on the offensive line, but they just haven't hit on some of those picks like they did in the past. And so they're, it's a good offensive line, but right now with the injuries that they've had, I think there's a lot of questions that go along with that offensive line. But there is no questioning the two backs as we talked about. Hmm. Those guys are good. You've got, I think, a, a, a good tight end in Schultz, not a great tight end. And C.D. Lamb is – he's hes an elite player. Dude, the, the catch and run ability – I just called you dude, by the way. Sorry. The uh, catch, okay. and, catch and run ability – dude. <laughs> the catch and run ability of Lamb. I, I don't know if there's many in the game like – obviously the guys in Miami are like him, right? But uh, if they catch it, they're, you're not going to get those guys. Lamb's not far off. At least when he came out of Oklahoma, he was – that was his game uh, with the Sooners, and it's kind of carried over now to Dallas. Yeah, he only needs – here's a couple numbers on him. 39 yards to get to 1,000, and that will be his second season of reaching 1,000 yards. His other season that wasn't was like 970 or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. 
But uh, when you look at PFF, they rank the receivers, and I always look at the rankings overall. I don't look at just receiving because they have a receiving category and overall category. And C.D. Lamb is the ninth-rated wide receiver overall in the National Football League, and that's that's an elite player. And when you look at how much he's targeted, he's been targeted 28% of his routes or 26.8% of his routes. That's an incredibly high percentage, and the numbers bear it out. If I'm Dak Prescott, I'm looking his way too just because he has been highly productive and he can line up inside, outside. It doesn't matter. He's effective anywhere he lines up. All right, so Jaguars defense secondary. Are they, um, they've kind of gone away from the man the last little while anyway. That's going to be the MO down the stretch, right? I, I think. I mean, I, I mean, look – Every game plan can change week to week, so could they come out this week and play more man? Could, but I just don't, I don't see that happening. Last week you got Trey Herndon active after being inactive the previous two games. That, to me, showed that they were making a commitment to playing zone against Tennessee. Maybe some of that, maybe a lot of that was to do with they wanted to keep eyes on Derrick Henry. And will that be the case this week? Probably so, because you got two great backs. I mean, keep the eyes on the backs, keep the eyes on the quarterback, and to be perfectly honest, this team is not playing very well in man. You've got some issues in the back end. You've had some issues at linebacker with eye discipline. And I think the solution for this team right now is to play more zone like they did last week. And they also did a little bit, a few things differently this past week. I don't know if you noticed, but and when they went to their sub situation, which sub is when they go to their nickel. Okay, now they're pass rushing. You get four guys on the line. Did you notice that all of their hands were down? About that? No, I did not. Yeah, and that huh. that was a little bit of a change because in the past you had the defensive tackles with their yeah. hands in the ground, and, uh... and then you had Josh and Trayvon were standing up on the outside. Or Smoot and Arden Key were standing up on the outside. Everybody's down, huh? This past game, everybody had their hand in the ground when when they went to that four man kind of look. Now it wasn't every time, but way more than what they had previously been doing. All right. Well, let me ask you this then, as a former defensive lineman, why would it be any different from standing to having a hand on the ground? What's the difference in the get-off, the first step, okay. and everything that goes with that? And that's a great question, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question with a question to you. Oh. How many Olympic sprinters have you ever seen start in a two-point stance? Um, not in the last you know, 80 years, probably not. Never. No. Okay, and the reason why is that you're faster out of the gate when you're in a three-point stance or four-point. Those guys are yeah, you know, both hands down yeah. on the ground with their fingers out. But as a pass rusher, you always threaten the upfield shoulder with the first couple steps of speed. You generate the best speed from a three-point stance. And so I think that that's important. I don't understand why they weren't rushing from a three-point stance all year long. I, I don't quite understand that. Mm. And some people would say, and football people would say, well, you know what, if you rush from a two-point, it allows you to drop into coverage and to see everything you know, before you drop. Well, look, guys have been dropping in zone dogs, or not zone dogs, in, in a, in a uh, pressure zone situation, zone blitz, from three-point stance for years. 
I mean, teams have dropped defensive tackles that have been in a three-point stance and dropped them into a zone coverage. They've dropped defensive ends from three-point stance and zone coverage. So it's not like it can't be done from a three-point stance. And and if you really – and look, Josh Allen has a better get-off and is a more effective pass rusher. His win rate is higher from a three-point stance compared to a two-point stance. Trayvon Walker is less hesitant – when he rushes from a three-point stance compared to a two-point stance. You know, so good to see these guys in three points and keep doing it and cut them loose. All right, coming up in just a couple of minutes, we'll hear from head coach Doug Peterson on, you guessed it, the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network. That's just a few minutes away. So, Logs, uh, what do you want to hear from Doug Peterson two and a half minutes from right now? I want to hear about Trevor. I want to hear about his quarterback. I mean, that's – you know, it's been the the story of the last couple of weeks with this organization. And we really, I thought, had a moment here at home against Baltimore, and, and he took it to a whole nother level this past week at Tennessee, getting a win. And you know, where is he at? What's next? You know, what what does he see? He he's got the trained eye. He's been around great quarterback play before. He's been a teammate of great quarterbacks. You know, I want to want to hear about Trevor. We'll hear about Trevor. Then uh, we'll hear from Chris Manhurts. He'll join us in studio as well. That's great. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what's happened so far this season, what's to come down the stretch, and then get into his head on the Dallas Cowboys defense and some of their personnel, what they have to offer. Get a perspective from a tight end. He's been studying it, and I think the beauty of having a tight end because when you you, certain guys have – like, for example, when you talk to a defensive back, he's going to know the wide receivers, and he's studying those guys – Tight ends study everybody. They study linebackers. They study the defensive ends and the edge players because they got to block all of those guys. They even study the safeties. And so I think it's going to have a pretty unique perspective in having Manhurts in here to talk a little bit about that Dallas Cowboys defense. And it's a really good one. So there's plenty to talk about, that's for sure, that's coming up in just about a minute or so on the Jaguars radio network. And as we said earlier, uh, near sellout, there are standing room tickets being sold as we speak, so uh, I would anticipate that they would get there at some point between now and Sunday, but it will be a packed house and will be a fantastic crowd, and what a scene it should be for the Jaguars at 5-8 and eight and the Dallas Cowboys at 10-3 and three this Sunday at the bank. When we come back in just a moment, it's Jaguars Radio Network coverage, the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach, In just a matter of moments, thank you for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour on Jaguars Radio.